Hello, welcome back to March is the Start. This is your host, Easton Harnick, back for episode two. We are talking ACC, way too early preseason rankings. Um, at We're going to talk about the ACC top to bottom, who's going to be good, who's going to be not. We're going to check all of this out in this episode. We have a lot to go through. We're going to go through these bottom teams pretty quick and then talk a little bit more as we get up higher in the rankings. Uh, ACC should be a strong, strong conference this year as they are every year. You know, people thought that the, the ACC was down last year. All year, people were talking about how they, how they really didn't have much firepower. Um, but then, you know, we we saw the likes of Duke, Miami, UNC, um, all in the Elite Eight. So, I mean, it's it was it was a strong conference again. Um, it always is. Those teams just beat up on each other. But let's just get right into the rankings, okay? At fifteenth, I have Pitt. Uh, Pitt struggles. They've struggled for a couple years. They struggled last year. Late in the year, they had a good win against North Carolina. I don't know uh, if they can change anything based off of how last year went going into this year. So, I mean, we, we're going to have to check it out. But Jeff Capel has not had a strong go around in his first couple of years as a Power 5 head coach at Pitt. Um, and with the ACC strong as they are every year, I, I don't think that that's going to get any easier. Uh, Pitt, 15th in the ACC, 14th in the ACC. I got Georgia Tech, all right? They had a strong showing in the 2020 to 2021 season. And uh, that gave their program really just loads of hope. But this past year was an absolute step back. They went to being very bad once again. Uh, things are not looking up for Georgia Tech after losing two of their top contributors from last year. Okay. Um, you know, they they just don't, they're not looking good. They also, in a spot where in the non-conference, they got a, they got matched up with Iowa in the um, ACC Big Ten Challenge, which, you know, I mean, going to Iowa City is always a tough place to play. And Iowa is always really a strong team in the Big Ten. So not looking good for Georgia Tech this year. Uh, I don't see them being very good in the ACC at all. We got Georgia Tech 14th in the ACC. Now at number 13 in the ACC, we have NC State. NC State at 13. You know, they lost Darion Sebron last year. Um, I think that will hurt the Wolfpack way more than anybody thinks. He was a basically their only contributor in, in most of their games last year. Uh, he, he did everything for them. I know that they had a little bit of injury problems last year. But just losing him, I think, is, is, is too much for them. Uh, they thought he was going to come back. He ended up not coming back. And really, now that they've lost their only offensive firepower that was allowed to keep them in games, I just don't think that they have much going for them this year. Uh, also to note about NC State, they are the ACC team that is kept out of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, there's 14 teams in the Big Ten, 15 in the ACC, um, different than football because in every other sport except for football, all the ACC adds Notre Dame. So 15 in the ACC, 14 in the Big Ten. NC State is going to be that team that is kept out of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. They do have to play Kansas, though, uh, first round of the Battle for Atlantis. So that's just, I mean, tough for them right off the get-go. NC State, 13th in the ACC. Now we move to 12. Uh, we got Louisville. You know, since, since the departure of uh, Rick Pitino, this program has, has just been a mess. I know that they, you know, obviously having those uh, – setbacks that the NCAA hat gave them is not going to help them. Uh, what would really need that, what they really need is L. Ellis. Uh, if he can be more than a threat from more areas than just the three-point line, and they have a chance at, uh, you know, a top-ten spot in this conference. 
Uh, otherwise, you know, look, look for the Louisville Cardinals to be near the bottom of the ACC. Uh, L. Ellis is, is, is a very good shooter, but there's a lot of times where you see him having good games that that's just really the only place he can do anything from. So he's got to become more of a versatile scorer than just the three-point line if, if they want to do well. You know, and then they're going to have – in the non-conference, they're going to have Arkansas, they're going to have Maryland, and they're going to have Kentucky. So we're not talking about an easy non-conference schedule for Louisville at all. I think I see them at 12th in the ACC. At number 11 in the ACC, I've got Syracuse, all right? Um, it, it's no question Syracuse lost both the Bayheim brothers last year. Uh, Jim Bayheim's a legend, but without his two sons, especially Buddy, I think Syracuse is going to struggle. Zone defense of Syracuse, it's their identity. It, you're watching a college basketball game and you see that zone defense, you know it's Syracuse, you see the bright orange. Uh, it's been their identity for a while, but they're going to need some of their four-star recruits that they just brought in to really provide an immediate impact um, for them for them to climb into the conversation of getting in the NCAA tournament. You know, I think this year the Syracuse Orange are going to go as Joe Girard goes. As, as he plays, they're going to play. You know, the better he plays, the better they'll play. Now, what's what's you know, you could talk about good or bad for them. They have a really easy non-conference schedule, so they're going to be able to to get some momentum earlier in the year. You know, they play Illinois, who probably isn't going to be super strong in the Big Ten. Um, and then they got Georgetown, who's who's really bad. Really, their Big Ten games in the non-conference. So they have a chance to play, to, to be uh, really rolling going into the season. But right now, I just got Syracuse at 11th. I don't think that those four-star recruits they got coming in are going to be ready enough for them to play. But we'll see. Syracuse at 11. The next team we got is number 10. I got Boston College at number 10 in the ACC. All right. I think uh, this is going to be a small step in the right direction for Boston College. Okay. Um, this is a team in Boston College that's going to return a lot of their core production from last year. Okay. Expect them to be a tough out um, in the ACC tournament because, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're always tough come, come March, come that ACC tournament. They're a tough bounce, you know. They always seem to sneak a game or two out of out of everything. So uh, really don't know what we're going to see from Boston College this year. I do think they're going to take a step forward. I think they're trending in the right direction just a little bit. You know, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, they have a really nice opportunity to get a win. They play Nebraska. Um, I really think they have an opportunity to beat that team. It's, it, it shouldn't be too tough of a game for them. They do play Villanova, which is going to be tough for them. But, you know, maybe they squeak one out, and, and that's a little bit more firepower uh, that the committee sees come March. So we'll have to check it out. But as of right now, at least I am going to have March or Boston college sitting at 10th in the ACC. Now we're going to talk about number nine. We're going to talk about a team that was pretty solid in the ACC last year, who I think it's going to take a step back. Um, losing the player of the year. I'm sure you all know who I'm talking about. Now we're talking about wake forest, you know, losing the ACC player of the year. Juanis Williams is it's going to be a hurdle that they need to overcome and they're going to have to overcome uh, uh, quickly. It's it's nobody's going to wait up for them. They're going to need to get over that hump right away, uh, especially, you know, just with some of their, their non-conference schedule, you know, they're going to play some power five teams there. they're going to play Georgia who, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. They're going to get Wisconsin. They're going to get LSU. They're going to get Rutgers. So they're, you know, we're talking about a non-conference schedule with, with a lot of power five teams. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, some of that offense production production lost by Alonis Williams is going to need to be taken over by the transfer of Tyree Appleby. That 
Tyree Appleby, I think, is a great addition to this Wake Forest team. He plays the style of play they play. Um, but I do think overall, just at the end of the day, with the losses that they took, I think that Wake Forest is going to fall from fifth in the ACC last year to ninth in the ACC this year. Wake Forest, ninth in the ACC. All right, now we move on to our number eight team in the ACC. We're going to move on to the Notre Dame Fighting, fighting Irish. You know, um, I think that a strong backcourt this year is going to keep them in a lot of close games. Um, but in, in a year with a lot of dominant bigs in the ACC, you know, you talk about P.J. Hall from Clemson as a dominant big. You know, obviously you're going to talk about Armando Baycott from North Carolina as a dominant big. They have – Duke has bigs coming in in this recruiting class like, I mean – no other. I mean, it seems like every single player they they recruited this past year was a big. So in a year that more than likely big guys are really going to determine how you play in the ACC, um, that does not play into Notre Dame's favor um, in any sense of the word. They they really don't have that big that big presence that they're going to need. Uh, but they they do have some of the backcourt presence that um, I think can keep them in a lot of close games this year, and and they can be scrappy. Um, you know, in the non-conference, they have a really favorable schedule. They are going to play uh, Michigan State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So uh, going to get a big win uh, over at uh, – actually, they play at home against Michigan State. So Michigan State's going to come to their building. If they can squeak out a win there, which obviously is a lot easier than going over to East Lansing to try and squeak out a win. So, you know, if they can get that win against uh, Michigan State, you know, they play Lipscomb. That's always a team that's – knocking on the door of the NCAA tournament. They also play Marquette. I think they have a chance to go beat Marquette, you know. Um, Mar- Marquette's a team that, that's very beatable, especially earlier in the year. We know that Shaka Smart is usually better come the end of the year, the head coach there at Marquette. So I, I think that Notre Dame's got a really good chance uh, to play well in this preseason that they have, or not, sorry, not preseason, non-conference schedule they have. Uh, but then, yeah, like I said, once, once the conference – starts they're really going to have to be scrappy and their their backcourt's going to have to be huge because it's just it's going to be tough in in the ACC this year if you can't rebound as it always is but and and I think Notre Dame's going to struggle to rebound and and ultimately that's why they fall at number 8 in the ACC Notre Dame is number 8 All right let's start talking about a little bit more in depth spend a little bit more times on this top half of the ACC now now we're into the top 7 the teams that I all think have a really good shot to make a run at the NCAA tournament. Not that Notre Dame doesn't, okay? Not that Notre Dame doesn't. Not that teams like Wake Forest don't. Not that Boston College or Syracuse don't. But this top seven, I think, really has a strong chance for them all to make the tournament. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I do expect every single one of these top seven teams to make the NCAA tournament in this 2022-2023 season. All right, let's kick off the second half of this one then. We're going to start off with Virginia Tech at number seven. Virginia Tech, hey, the team that made the tournament last year, they played well when they needed to, okay? People people are going to talk about, you know, the inconsistencies of a team like that. They played well when they needed to. They came up in the ACC tournament, played very well, all right? They had a great run there, and, you know, um, 23 wins was impressive, um, but but there's definitely a, a, a chance to step back this year. Um, so 
with that being said, we don't want to rely too much on a team feeling like a one one year wonder. However, I don't think this is a one year wonder. I think Virginia Tech will be right back next year coming to the NCAA tournament. All right. In the non-conference, let's look at their schedule. Um, they're going to have to play Lehigh. They're going to have to play Old Dominion, William & Mary, you know, some of these easier games, you know, but then they're really going to get their first test going um, when Minnesota comes to their building. And we're going to see how they play play against Minnesota in that game. Minnesota, a team that's probably going to be a little bit down there in the Big Ten. So hopefully a chance for Virginia Tech to gain a little confidence getting their first Power 5 win of the year. Um, after that, they're going to play Dayton, another team that's, you know, uh, probably going to struggle once again this year. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, You know, then they got Oklahoma State, too. All of their games, um, other than uh, the tournament they're playing, all of their games are actually um, at home. They don't go on the road in the non-conference, which is, you know, big for them. But at the same time, going on the road helps helps get those a little bit more of the respect from the committee, okay? Playing those road games help getting more quad two wins rather than a quad three win or a quad four win when you're talking about how the how the committee decides to select in the NCAA tournament. So ultimately, though, Virginia Tech, number seven in the ACC. Number six in the ACC. We're going to go with a little bit more of a gut feeling on this one because the way they played last year, you probably wouldn't expect this ranking from these guys. But we're going to go with Florida State, all right? I think Florida State comes in. I think that this is a team that is always playing good defense, always, always playing good defense. And it just seems like these guys are always really lanky, okay? It's 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 a tall team. It's always a long team. It's going to be the exact same same way this year. Um there's nothing different about this team than who they usually are, a long, lanky team. Uh, they were plagued with injuries all of last year. They, I mean, there, were, there, was a, there was a time last year where they had six guys not able to play because of being injured. That's just ridiculous when you're talking about a 15-man roster, okay? Um, and I expect them to be at the very least, at the very bare minimum this year, I expect them to be seventh in the ACC. I, I, you know, I have them projected at six. I think at bare minimum, they're going to be seventh. I think that they, they could work up to a maximum in that, in that three range. I really think that Florida state has the ability to, to get up there that fall, you know? Okay. So when we talk about, when we talk about their, uh, non-conference schedule, they're going to play teams. They're going to play Florida team, that team that was very solid last year. They're going to play Purdue, obviously a team that's probably going to take a step back this year. But other than that, they, they've got a really pretty easy road. The only um, road game, the true road game that they're going to play um, in the in the non-conference is at UCF. Otherwise, those tournaments are all, you know, neutral site locations. But like I said about them being all long and, and lanky and stuff like that, just looking at their roster, you know, it's it's 7'4", it's 7' foot, 7'2". Um, you know, Cameron Fletcher, 6'7", as a guard, okay? Quay Evans, 6'4", you know, um, Jalen Warry, 6'6", Wyatt Wilkes, 6'8", you know, this is a team that's a lot of, it, it's big guys, and it just, it's tall guys, they don't, they don't get small at any position, so, you know, um, this is a team that's going to be, be really square, be really scary, so, everybody watch out for Florida State, I think they'll be the sixth best team in the ACC this coming year. Number five, I got Clemson. 
little bit of a shock to some people, maybe not to me, but they're a football school, everybody says Clemson is. Maybe not this year, okay? We all saw what P.J. Hall can do last year. Everybody saw it. He is a dominant force. He is a big man with a lot to prove in an ACC with a lot of big men, but he can do it, all right? He's going to be a candidate for ACC Player of the Year. And now that he has a better supporting cast, expect Clemson to come out swinging and be a really solid team in one of the best conferences in the country. Okay. PJ Hall is just ridiculous. He's a great player. I know you can't build a basketball team off of one player. I think this is a team that can really benefit though, just from him. Okay. Just from him, you know, they're going to another couple other guys that are going to get a lot of playing time for them. Um, Chase Hunter, a guard sophomore from Atlanta, Georgia is going to get quite a bit of playing time. Joshua Beadle, another guard going to get a lot of bit of playing time. He's going to need help from those two guys. I think especially to really break out this year, okay? Ben Middlebrook's probably going to get a little bit of playing time for them, but I think those two guys that I mentioned are really going to be the guys that need to help him break out this coming year, okay? Their non-conference schedule, really, again, another team, really not looking at too tough of a non-conference schedule. They do have to travel to South Carolina to play a true road game in the non-conference. Could be tough, could be real tough. I think that they'll be just fine. Clemson's going to play fine, all right? They are going to play Iowa um, on the 25th of November. It's never easy playing Iowa. That's a neutral site low game. That's one of those tournaments, uh, Thanksgiving week. And then their, their Big Ten ACC challenge, they're going to get Penn State. Penn State, a very, very winnable game. A very winnable game. Okay. Clemson Tigers, led by P.J. Hall, better supporting cast this year. They're going to take another step forward. I really, truly think they are fifth in the ACC this year. They're top five. This is a team that's ready to take their program to the next level. P.J. Hall is going to be the guy to lead them there. Clemson, number five. Number four, taking a little step back from last year, as everybody assumed they would. You don't lose a legendary head coach and keep going forward. You lose a head coach like Mike Krzyzewski, Mike Coach K, you are going to take a step back. It's just the way it is. It's no hate on Duke. They're going to be fine this year. Fourth in the ACC is not bad. Fourth in the ACC could get you a a top three seed in March Madness. That's not bad. But I think it's going to take John Shire a little bit to click this year. I think it's going to take him a few games. It's not going to be right away, okay? If you know me, I am a North Carolina basketball fan. So you're probably going to think this take is bias. It's not. It, it truly is an ode to how great Coach K was, and I, I mean that word when I say it, how great Coach K was. John Shire is going to have to do great things, even with the number four recruiting class in the nation, to keep them at number four. This is another team that is very, very front court heavy. Okay, It seemed like every single recruit that they got this year was, was in the front court. I mean, this is just a... Something that the ACC is going to be dealing with this year is a lot of great front courts, okay? Stanley Borden, seven-footer. He's a freshman from Turkey, all right? Another another big guy that they got they got this year. They got Theo John back, okay? We all know Theo John. He's going to be playing again this year. Um, jo- Joey Baker transferred out. He will not be on the team this year. Um, Jeremy Roach is the one that is really expecting to, to probably take them to that next level. We're going to have to really see a lot from Jeremy Roach this year to, to have them break out. Um, you know, they're going to get a test earlier in the se- early in the season. 
play in Kansas, um, you know, on, on, uh, November 15th, they're going to play Kansas in that, that, uh, first week of the season and, and they're going to get a test right away. And then, you know, they're going to, they're going to play Oregon state a little bit later in the season and in the Phil Knight uh, tournament over there out, out there in Portland. And then they're going to come right back and get another test um, playing Ohio state in the big 10 ACC challenge, Ohio state, not an easy game this year at all. And then this is another team that drew Iowa. I don't like drawing Iowa as an ACC team. It's tough for ACC teams to play this brand that big 10 basketball plays early in the season because Big Ten, it's much more rough. It's not as schematic. It's not as sophisticated. So when when Big Ten teams got to go play, or when ACC teams got to go play those Big Ten teams, they're not ready for that test early in the season. Not everything's put in to the offense yet they want. Not everything's brought out. And Iowa is a perfect testament to a team that's just rough and tough. They're going to play they're going to play you tough at the beginning of the year. They're going to play you tough at the end of the year, but they're going to be the same early, early in the season and the end of the season. So you want to catch them at, at the end of the season after you've improved, not before you improved. I don't like them playing Iowa. I think that's a scary matchup for Duke. I really do. Um, overall, though, um, an ode to Coach K, how great he was. I do think they take a step back this year. I think John Shire will figure it out as the year goes on, but I think they're going to be fourth in the ACC in a, in a really tough division, a really tough conference this year. All right. Duke, number three in the ACC. Or number four in the ACC, sorry. Number three in the ACC, though, we're going to give this to the Virginia Cavaliers. Okay, this is the only team in the ACC that is going to be bringing back all five starters. Every one of their five starters will be back this coming year. And you know what that means. One more year of Kihei Clark. One more year, the guy that never graduates. He's back this year. He's going to be back in a big way. Let's see him play really well. And I let's, let's see the Virginia Cavaliers play third. All right. Tony Bennett's going to have his team ready to go on defense like he always does. Offensively, it was a struggle for them last year. They didn't look great on offense last year. And, and that was... That wasn't a question. They struggled on offense last year, okay? Um, but this year, it's different. I think this year they've they've grown a little bit more on offense. They're gonna they're gonna get back to what they're used to. I even think this is probably a little bit of a slightly better offensive team than what Virginia's used to. Um, but defensively, we know who they are. Um, the reason that they get the slight edge against Duke, I think Duke and Virginia are gonna be very close this year. I think the reason I'm gonna give them the slight edge is because of coaching. You know, I'm going to take Tony Bennett, who's proved himself. He's a national champion head coach. He's a team that's coached a number one overall team um, seated in March Madness. I know that they lost to UMBC that year, but he still coached a team that got the top overall seat in March Madness. Um, so we're going to take Virginia at number three, just slightly over Duke. Or Duke. Um, you know, they're going to have a tough schedule too. They play Baylor. Baylor was really solid last year. They play Michigan. They play Houston. That's a ringer in the non-conference. And then going into the conference in the ACC, you know, I think if they win two out of those three games with Baylor, Michigan, and Houston, that is ginormous for Virginia. They're going to have to – they're going to they're gonna be going through it. I think Tony Bennett can get them through it, though. I think this Duke – or this Virginia team is going to be number three in the ACC when it's all said and done this year. That brings us to our top two. Two teams left, North Carolina and Miami. I think the number two team in the ACC this year is going to be the Miami Hurricanes. 
All right, they return three of their main contributors from last year. A last year where they made the Elite Eight, they figured things out more towards the end, the end of the year, okay? They got it figured out. They added Nigel Pack and uh, Norchard Omir. Miami, Miami is someone that people probably haven't looked at, but personally, I loved last year and love even more this year and the people that they got in the transfer portal. Okay, this is this is a team that is set to take that next step into really, really being um, relevant again. You know, every, Miami played well last year during the regular season. They they played fl- they played fine, but they struggled um, way more in the regular season than the tournament. You know, Jim Laranega's ready. Jim Laranega's a good coach. He's going to have them ready once again come the end of the year for sure. So um, we just got to – we all have to keep Miami on our watch. Um, I think this is a team that has potential to be top 15 in the country, top 10 in the country. We're going to see where they go. Um, you know, getting Nigel Pack is one of the top transfers in the country. That's going to benefit them so much and you know this is this is a team that has a really really light um non-conference schedule i think providence takes a step back this year and they play providence this year and then Rutgers, yeah it's going to be is going to be a bottom feeder in the big 10 and those are their only two power five games that they power six games that they got this year so um benefiting from a light non-conference then going into a strong acc conference schedule i i think miami's got potential to be number two in the ACC. Now let's get to our number one team in the ACC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. All right, these were your national national runner-ups last year. Um, so close, yet so far. Um, this shouldn't be a surprise. National champion, champion runner-up, they return 76% of their offense, and they add a 6'10 Pete Nance, who shoots over above 40% from three and averages 15 a game and transfer from Northwestern. All right, he's the perfect substitute for Brady Manick. With Baycott, Love, Davis, Call coming back, all the boys are back. Leaky Black's back. It's it's a team this year that is. I mean, I don't want to say an absolute lock as a top team in the ACC, but I I don't see I don't see a world where they don't do extremely well in the ACC this year. I just, I just don't see a world where it happens. Um, you know, they got three Big Ten teams in their non-conference schedule this year. Big Ten ACC Challenge, they got Indiana. Um, in the CBS Sports Classic, they're going to get Ohio State. And then in the Jordan Classic, the first year of that, they're going to get Michigan this year. Three tough games in the Big Ten. Um, and that, and that's no question. That's no surprise. But I think this is a team that's ready. Um, we're going to see an upgrade from Puff Johnson this year. This is year two for Hubert Davis. He's figured out what he likes now. This is a team that he completely knows. He knows what he's got. Okay, this there should be no surprises this year for Hubert Davis. Um, there should be no walking steps. They should be ready to go as a top team in the ACC. Game one, week one. All right. I think this is an ab. This is an absolute national championship contender. This is. I mean, they are ranked preseason number one for a reason. People think they're going to be really good. They bring back what made them really good last year. And I think they're going to be really good once again this year. All right, the top team in the nation, the Hubert Davis, Caleb Love, Armando Baycott-led North Carolina Tar Heels. Not enough people still, I don't think, talk about Armando and, and just the dominance that he brings to games. He is so 
so dominant in games. He is what he's really what separates North Carolina completely. He he's what does it for him. Number one in the ACC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. All right, let's make a quick run back through it. Number 15 in the ACC, Pitt. 14, we got Georgia Tech. 13, NC State. 12, we got Louisville. 11, we got Syracuse. At 10, we got Boston College, BC. At 9, we got Wake Forest. At number 8, we got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Number 8, Virginia Tech. 6, Florida State. 5, Clemson. Number 4, we got Duke. 3, Virginia. Number two, Miami. Number one, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Thank you for listening to episode two, the way too early look at uh, the ACC. This has been Easton Harnick and March is a start. Thanks for listening.